0: Lord, we welcome you. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you. We welcome the hosts of heaven.
1: And once again,
0: we hand over this service to your hands. Come and speak to your people with clarity, simplicity, Revelation, they'll bring revolution. Inspiration, they'll bring transformation. Dear Lord, all that I'm asking from you this morning is that no one will leave your presence the same. Touch every heart. Touch every life change situations because it turnaround around beyond and above our expectations. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We worship and we adore you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome us once again to the live broadcast of the City of Refuge. And I want to encourage us, especially those of us who are married, and those of us who are not, to follow the Family Life series. Follow every episode. There's so many things you can learn from them.
1: There are a lot of
0: things that the Lord has used us to share there, including things from our own experience of 30 years of marriage. And I believe that you can learn a lot as you listen, as you watch, as you note, and as you are prepared to do. And I believe that the good Lord who saved you, who called you, will effect the change that you desire. I want to pray for you this morning. I believe the Lord wants to clear some things. And the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you and addressing past thoughts, past pain, and things that happened to you that right now is looking completely impossible to turn around. In fact, in the natural, the if the opportunity is gone. It is dead. There cannot be a change. This relationship is gone. This particular opportunity is dead, But I have news for you. It is the resurrection and the life. And I'm speaking right now. Or maybe you have received doctor's report that says that it's looking very difficult. It's looking impossible to turn around. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to raise your hand to heaven this morning because I'm going to ask that the resurrection power of the Lord be released into those situations. To the turn around and I'm telling you and I hear in my heart six weeks and I hear in my heart six months beginning from today that you will see definite a definite hand of god because that hand is coming upon you right now i'm not saying that you start to see it from right now the process has started in your life from right now the resurrection power of jesus is released right now the grace of god is released right now dear lord the bible says the grace of god that brings forth salvation has been released unto all men teaching us let your grace start to teach your people on what step to take what direction to go what things to do in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for resurrection power is released. Is released over relationships. Is released over bodies. Is released over reports. Is released over situations. The hitherto has been written off. The hitherto is looking dead. Those are the situations that I believe God wants me to first address this morning. That situation that is looking dead. That situation that, oh yes, you you have, you have tried. or you have just looked at it and pushed it aside. That this cannot work again. Because it's never worked. I've made all efforts in the past. And it's never resulted into anything. And for now, I've just pushed it aside. Oh, it's not a time to push it aside. I can tell you that the fight has returned to the table of the Lord and he is on his action point, action spot, right now. If I will put it like that, because with him nothing is impossible. These things might be impossible with men, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. But the Lord will want you to release right now and put behind you past hurts and put behind you past disappointments and put behind you past pain. Oh yes, I know you've been hurt. I know you've been pained. I know things have happened. Put them behind you because it's a new day for you. It's a new day for you i am starting where i ended last week when i ended the service by giving a song sharing a song with you that out of the ashes of your dying today there is rising a brand new day in with the name of the lord alone is glorified there's a rising of a brand new day regarding you there's a rising of a brand new day Regarding that situation, there's a rising of a brand new day. Because out of your, the ashes of your dying, oh, a new day is springing forth. A new day is rising up. A new day is beginning. It's a new day for you. Father, I thank you. Thank you because resurrection power is released. The power of God is released. The grace of God is released. And thank you for the change. Thank you for a new testimony. Thank you for a new story that is emerging. Because there's a rewriting of that story. The rewriting of the story of that situation. Of that circumstance right now. Because heaven has invaded it. Because God has stepped in. Because Jesus is now taking over. And we give him all the praise. We give him all the glory. We give him all the adoration. In Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. I want to share with you an experience I had this past week. On Thursday, to be precise, I walked into Water Gardens shopping center and I walked into a particular shop just looking around and the lady the attendant there the customer service relation officer there i was talking with her and she said you 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 bought things here you know before and i have because uh, you know uh, you've bought things here before and i said yes he said can you be part of our loyalty can we have your details so that we can send you whenever we are doing sales and i said well it doesn't hurt Sometimes I don't do that, but, well, it doesn't hurt. If they're having sales, why not? They can send the details of their sales. And I gave her my name, and then I gave her my contact email. And while she was typing, and suddenly, she just turned and said, Are you a pastor? And that almost stunned me, because I wasn't expecting anything like that. He said, Are you a pastor? And I said, Well, of course, I am. I'm a pastor he said yes when you walked into the shop i noticed there was an all around you there was something different about you there was just something and 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 I i could just feel that someone has walked in that's completely different in fact i felt could it be that this person is a very important person i mean as far as they're concerned maybe important position in the world and i was like who could this person be and the more i was talking to her it was oh i just sense that something is happening here and it was something i was completely taken aback because i wasn't expecting that from a total stranger i wasn't expecting somebody in the shop to just turn and start talking like that oh there's something different i could feel an awe i could feel a presence I could feel that God, I mean, she she didn't go that far, but in a way, that's what she was trying to say. And then I looked at her, and I asked her a question. I said, are you a Christian? He said, no. I said, because if you could feel that, God is definitely calling you. God is speaking to you and speaking through you. There's a hand of God upon you. And I went further. I said, are you a Christian? He said, she said, no. I said, but my father is a Christian. And my mother, a Greek Orthodox. And I said, but look at what has happened to you here. The hand of God is upon you. I would like to invite you to give your heart to Jesus. And he said, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to take that decision. I, I think, you know, and I said, well, I'll be praying for you. I'll be asking the Lord to bless you. I'll be asking the Lord to reveal himself to you. And you say, oh, thank you. Thank you. You You're so kind. Thank you. And I left the place. As I was walking, the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, I allow that. Because I wanted to show you something. He said, can you see the way she responded? Can you see the way what she said? She felt a presence. She felt my presence. But now, when you don't ask her, would you like to give your heart to Jesus? She stepped back. He said, that is spiritual warfare. He said, now, I've allowed you to say it so that I want you to start to pray to make it easy for people like her to come into the kingdom. That when you ask her, You know, you would have expected her to respond positively. But she stepped back because something was stopping her. A supernatural force was holding her back. Something was preventing her from taking the necessary step into the kingdom. And then now you start to pray. You start to push back the enemy. You start to push back the forces that are working, arrayed, stopping people from stepping into the kingdom. And entering into the kingdom. And I said, Wow, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for this. But do you know what He says to one? He says to all. And I believe that God is calling us as a church to start to wage warfare in the spirit, to start to take a stand. Because you know, the way nations are, the way cities are, they are a reflection of things happening in the spirit. And I want to remind us of the several pillars of spiritual warfare that I spoke about last week. Pillar number one. Do you still remember? Pillar number one. There's what? An invisible realm beyond this natural realm. Maybe some of us had forgotten already. Don't forget this. I told you last week. Write it down. Paste it on your wall. Put it on your mirror. Let this become part of you. My son, my daughter, attend to these words. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life to those who find them and healing, medicine to all their flesh. That is why again I am reminding you this morning that number one, there is an invisible spiritual realm beyond this natural realm. God does not live in the natural God does not live in the physical. God dwells in the spirit. And can I say that Satan also does not walk in the... Satan does not operate. Satan operates from the realm of the spirit, impacting the natural. Remember I said this, that the spirit is the mother of the natural because the spirit realm is superior to the natural. The spirit realm is to, in fact, the natural takes its cue from the spirit realm. And that is why, you know, that realm is so powerful, is so important, is as real, if not more real, than the physical realm that you and I see every day. Don't forget this. Write it down. Take note of this, that there is a spirit realm, supernatural realm, beyond the physical natural realm that you encounter every day number two pillar number two there's a warfare going on around around people there's a warfare spiritual warfare going on around people for the unbeliever the objective of satan is to keep them ignorant so that they will not even recognize that there's any realm like this The objective of the enemy is to keep the unbeliever ignorant because what you don't know cannot confer benefit on you. In fact, the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy because if you are ignorant, he will take advantage of you. He wants to keep the unbeliever ignorant. And that is why, ask anybody about the spirit. People don't know what you are talking about. The majority of human beings on earth, everything is about what they can see it's about what they can feel it's about what they can touch it's about what they what they can taste it's called the sense ray the sense ray and what they can hear hearing taste sight feelings and the rest of it that's why many people feelings are so strong feelings are so strong and many are led by their feelings why because their sense realm is so strong to them. The natural realm is so strong to them. So, but there's an invisible warfare taking place. But for the believer, the objective of the enemy is to keep the believer distracted. If Satan cannot keep you ignorant, if you are able to give your heart to Jesus, if you surrender your life to Christ, then the plan will not be to distract you so that you are unable to take the next step. You are unable to grow, you're unable to come into the fullness of God's plan for your life. It will start to cause this distraction. That distraction instead of you advancing, you are all there's a distraction going on. It's a very powerful weapon of Satan. Number one, ignorance, number two, destruction. And he employs that to ensure that people cannot enter into people cannot fight. People cannot take the initiative. People cannot advance and to keep them perpetually bound. But I declare concerning you today that in the name of Jesus Christ, whatsoever thing that has been keeping you distracted, you are walking free. You are walking free in the name of Jesus Christ. Your eyes will see. Your ears will hear. Your heart will know in the name of Jesus. You will no longer be ignorant of God's plan. You will no longer be distracted You'll be able to walk into the fullness because a change is coming over you. I'm so excited about this season. Why? Because God spoke four weeks back that we're imagining, if infinitely better, than when we started, than when this particular COVID-19 started. Well, well, things, Pastor, are you saying that you actually liked uh, this? No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, what I'm saying is this. That God is at his step. In fact, many steps ahead of Satan. Satan planned it for evil. To steal, to kill, to destroy. But in the midst of it, God is turning things around for his people. People are developing new skills. New insight is coming. People are investing more time in prayers. And in their relationship, you are going to be far, far better. I'm telling you, I prophesied that over your life. That when people see you, they say, what happened to you? And you'll be able to say, the Lord God has done something great for me. God has changed my life. God has given me a new niece of life. Look at what happened. We didn't expect it to be like this. But come and see what the Lord has done. He has destroyed the works of Satan. He has given us victory. That's why we shout, oh, say yeah. That will be your song in the name of Jesus Christ. Number three. The battlefield is in your mind. The battlefield is in your thought life. Watch your thoughts. I've said that many times. I'll repeat it again today. Watch your thoughts. Because they will become your your words. Watch your words. They will become your actions. What your actions, they will become your habit. What your habit, they will become your character. What your character, they will become your destiny. Can I submit to you then that thought is actually the mother of destiny? I say, can I submit to you that thought is actually the mother of destiny? Thoughts are not immaterial. Thoughts are not just physical. Thoughts are spiritual. And thoughts come to cause you to form or to shape or to reshape the person receiving the thoughts to the source of their thoughts. I repeat this. I said thoughts are not natural. Thoughts are not just immaterial. Thoughts are spiritual. And those thoughts come to reshape or to form or to cause whosoever is receiving the thoughts to be conformed to the source of the thoughts that is why be careful the thoughts you are receiving thoughts that is causing you to be angry thoughts that come and say they don't like you where are those thoughts coming from oh they don't like you oh they don't nobody cares about you oh where are those thoughts coming from Thoughts that come and you become bitter. Thoughts that come and you become angry. Thoughts that come and then you suddenly, you're so angry. You're so, uh, you know, and you're saying some things that you should not be saying. Where are those thoughts coming from? Be careful the thoughts you receive. But thank God, there are other side also. Thoughts can come that will bring joy. Thoughts that can come that will bring peace. Thoughts that can come that will thrill you. Oh yes, I can tell you where that one is coming from. It's coming from the throne. It's coming from the spirit of God. It's coming by the grace of God. How about the other one? It's coming from the pit of hell. Coming from the, and each of those thoughts are sent to cause you to be conformed to the source of the thought. I remember yesterday somebody was sharing this with us and he was sharing how at a particular point she was almost giving up on her fifth life because of the challenges she's been facing, because of the problems that she's been, you know, that's been happening in her life. I said it was very close. It was very close. And now let me share this with you. While she was thinking those thoughts, she kept on getting encouragement. That, yes, that's true. People don't care. That's true. Look at where you are. That's true. You just walk away. She kept on getting this encouragement. On that particular direction. On that particular decision. She was almost about to take. But now listen. At the same time God put it in our hearts. And we were praying. We just felt we should be praying. And praying. And praying. And and heavens intervened. Heaven invaded the situation. And today. She's on fire for the Lord. Today, she's looking forward to the future that God has, you know, God is preparing for her. She's excited, even though just not not too long ago, she was about at the point of giving up. And I want to say to you if you've also been having strange thoughts or negative thoughts, unkind thoughts, thoughts that seem to be bringing discouragement or thought that is bringing uh, depression, that is depressing you, discouraging you. You don't feel like continue. Identify the source of the thought for what it is which is Satan and what do you do? You rebuke him and command him to pack his bags and leave you alone in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says that his thoughts towards you are thoughts of what? Good and not of Evil. So if God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of good and not of evil, then where are these evil thoughts coming from? Not from him? From Satan? It's not towards your thoughts of good, not from evil to give you what? A future and a hope. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no hopeless situation for the believer. You have a future in God. God in you. The Bible says, Christ in us is the hope of glory. As long as you have Christ in you, there is hope. There is no hopeless situation. If you are saying there's, oh, pastor doesn't know what I am talking about. He doesn't know what I am going through. This particular one is hopeless. Then you are saying that that situation is bigger than Jesus. Then you are saying that situation is greater than God. Well, I have news for you. Greater is He that is in you. The Spirit of God that is living in you. Than anything, circumstance, situation, problem that is in the world. There is no problem that we cannot solve when i say we i mean jesus and i when i walk with jesus and he walks with me there is no problem that we cannot solve there is no mountain that we cannot move (laughs) when i say we i mean jesus and when i walk with jesus and he walks with me there is no mountain that we cannot move and if the mountain removes, refuse, if the mountain should refuse to move we will climb it in jesus name what is a mountain long standing problem long standing issue there's none that we cannot climb there's no problem that we cannot solve there's no mountain we cannot move There's no mountain we cannot shift. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Jesus. Working with us. Working in the life of the believer. Praise God. So watch your thoughts. Watch your thoughts. The thoughts that you receive. Watch them. So that they don't become your words. Watch your words. That those thoughts do not become your words. And your words become your words. Your actions. Watch your actions. So they don't become, your habit. Watch your habit so that they don't become your character. And watch your character. They don't become your, especially if you don't want to see those things happen to you. Oh, watch them and thank God you can watch them and thank God you can uh, fulfill the destiny that God has for you. Pillar number four. Satan's plan is to frustrate God's plan for your life. Satan's plan is what? To frustrate God's plan for your life. I don't need to go into, uh, to have, you know, I've already explained that. in some of what I've shared earlier on. But note it, Satan is nobody's friend. Hello. As I said, note it, Satan is nobody's friend. His plan is to frustrate you. His plan is to get you out of church. His plan is to ensure that you are not in the community of saints. His plan is to ensure that you are alone. And when a man is alone, oh what the, what does the bible say is that you know in Adam and Eve they were tempted. Eve was tempted when she was alone. Oh yes, he want to push you out so that you will not face you alone. But thank God that you can be together with your brethren. You can be part of a family. Oh, thank God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let the enemy push you out. Don't let the enemy tell you, oh, these or that, blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to those things. He's not your friend. You know, and his plan is to frustrate God's plan for your life. Pillar number five spiritual battles are won and lost in the realm of a spirit. Spiritual battles are won and lost in the realm of a spirit. If you are able to win over there, you win in the natural. The challenge is our winning in the realm of the spirit. Because if we are able to win in the realm of the spirit, it's almost impossible to win in the natural. The battles are first won in the realm of the spirit before they manifest in the natural. Pillar number six, the enemy called Satan is already defeated. So we are not fighting from we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. I'll repeat, Satan has been defeated. He was defeated on the cross. And thank God that Jesus rose from the dead. He collected from him the keys of hell and death. And we thank God that if you belong to him, oh my God, if you belong to him, you can experience the victory that has been won for you on the cross and as a result of his resurrection. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't forget this. Is like a roaring lion. Is not the lion Jesus? Is the lion of a tribe of Judah. Satan is like unto. Is like unto. Can I tell you something? The shadow of a dog cannot bite anyone. I said the shadow of a dog cannot bite anyone. Satan is a shadow. Oh, he has been defeated. He has been, but let me tell you. Also warn you. He knows how to do some gra 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 gra. He knows how to do some, you know, uh, how do I put it. Is it, you know, to to, to, uh, to, to to he knows how to play some tricks that you will think that wait a minute, I'm done. You are not done. Jesus is for you. Jesus has won the victory. What he's asking you to do is to believe in the victory he's won, walk in it so that you can experience it. Because if you don't believe it, that becomes a challenge. Point number seven or pillar number seven. You have a role to play in the eventual and final outcome regarding your own life. Don't forget my experience that I shared with you earlier on. Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus told me. He said, now start to pray, to push back, to push back the works of the enemy, to push back principalities and powers, to push back rulers of darkness of this age, To push back spiritual wickedness in heavenly places so that you can make it easier for people to enter into the kingdom. Because if you don't push them back, they will continue to hinder people from entering. They will continue to stop people from coming in. He said, now I've called you to do that. Angels have not been called to pray. Angels have not been called to preach. We are the ones that have been called to pray and to Preach. the picture of the church is the picture of the city I'll repeat the picture of the church is the picture of the city when the church is rising up taking its place pushing back then you find a lot of things happening you find the supernatural taking place you find God moving you find, you find the power of God falling whenever power falls is because prayer is prevailing i said whenever powerful is because prayer is prevailing the moment people of god start to pray that is why in the city of refuge in our church we're taking this prayer commission to the next level we're taking it to the next level we must start to pray as we've never before do you want to see the supernatural then let's join together and start to pray do you want to see the power of god as never before then let's join together and start to pray Do you want to see COVID-19 and all such like? Because, let me say this, don't think this is over. I'll repeat, by the time people are saying, oh yes, peace has come, the Bible says sudden destruction will come. The enemy will raise up something else. They'll be wondering, where is this coming from? That is why we need to start to pray to stop him in its track. So that we stop him In its ministry of killing, stealing, and destroying. You have a role to play. I have a role to play. As a church, we have a role to play. So that we can push back the enemy. And then the light of God can shine. People can embrace the word of God. And many more people will give their lives to Christ. I am so excited that the majority that seems to be out of the kingdom today will eventually become the minority. And the minority that seems to be watching Jesus today will eventually become the majority as to take a place in God, as to take a place in God to do his bidding and his will in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to take you to a story. A story from 2 Kings chapter number 6. 2nd Kings chapter number 6. I want you to open your Bible to 2nd Kings chapter number 6. And I'll start to read from verse number 8. 2nd Kings, this is another story that buttress what I've been talking about. 2nd Kings chapter number 6 from verse number 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of where the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and was watched for there, not just once or twice. Let me explain the situation to you. The Syria was fighting Israel. And they would have planned the particular direction to go, the place to lay the ambush. The manner of which to dismantle and destroy the nation of Israel. But meanwhile, the king of Israel had someone, a prophet of God, that could tell him, in fact that was telling him the secrets that was taking place in the camp of the Syrians. The king of Syria would have, you know, they would go to plan. Oh, this is the way we're going to invade Israel. The particular time we're going to do it. But thank God that, you know, a king of Israel, suddenly the prophet of God say in the word, don't go in that direction. Don't go in this direction because that's the plan of the enemy. <laughs> and the king, he said not once, not twice, meaning a number of times. Verse number 11. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by these things. And he called the servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He thought there was a spy. He thought there was somebody leaking the message. He thought there was somebody amongst his generals or among the soldiers that was leaking their plans to Israel. He said, Now, somebody must be leaking this. Or how come? How can they be accurate about their plans? What he didn't know is this Jehovah sees. Jehovah knows and Jehovah hears. I'll repeat: Jehovah sees, Jehovah knows, and Jehovah hears. Verse eleven: Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, "Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel?" Twelve, and one of the servants said, "No, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words." That you speak in your bedroom. Can you imagine the words that are what? In your bedroom. So, which means that even the bedroom is not shielded from Jehovah. Hello? I said, even the bedroom is not shielded from Jehovah. That means God, <laughs> God is not limited by space, by time, by material. Amen. You know, he said, No, no, not my lord. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Let's, let's continue. So he said, go and see where he is. There I may send and get him. He's made matters worse. Somebody who has been leaking your plans. And do you think God will not let him know now that you want to come for him? Sometimes, you know, the enemy is just so foolish. There's a way he blindfolds that you, don't, you cannot just even see. Somebody who has been telling the king of Israel about your plans. To invade the nation of Israel. Now you now say I'm going for that person. And you think he would not. Now know about that plan. He would not now know about that plan. But let me say this. I need to say this at this time. Can you see how. The state. And God's kingdom. Are working together. Can you see the way. The church. So to speak. And the state. Working together there. Because without the insight from the church Israel would have been destroyed. They would not have had the insight. They would not have the superior knowledge or the wisdom. But God was using Elisha to supply. I do not believe that the plan of God is that the church and the state will be completely separated from each other. It was Satan that brought that in. And they said, you stay within the four walls. We will stay in the streets. We will stay in the parliaments. And unfortunately, many in the church listened. And people stayed in the four walls. And they were praising there. And they were worshipping there. And they left the streets to people who are not of faith, who do not believe. And you know what? Satan invaded the streets. Satan invaded the parliaments. And laws are being passed. They are now what? Shutting the church down or shutting the church out. of It is never the plan of God. They are supposed to be partners in progress. And let me say this, I'm saying this as a prophet of God. Until nations will return to their creator. Until nations start to align with the one that created the nations in the first place, they will continue to jostle in darkness for all oh, how to make the necessary progress and what to do about this, what to do about that. Have you noticed that many times the economies of the nation and I'm talking about the so-called first world, the economy will go so well, before you know what, a major catastrophe will happen, everything will be dismantled and it's almost like starting all over the world, all over again. Something else will happen. Oh, oh, look at COVID-19. Look at the way it invaded the nations. Look at the way he shut down governments. Look at the way he shut down lives. Look at the way he shut down so-called multinational companies. Why? Because the, the enemy, I mean, the church has been put aside. The church has been despised. What you despise cannot confer benefit on you. The God that you put aside, the God that you say you are not interested in listening to, now, when the when Jesus come, now, you now say, okay, what do we do? No, 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 you need to return you need to return. And what somebody said, it, 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 can this happen today? I stand here to say it's happened. At least I can share two instances when God has shown me things regarding the nation. And they were so accurate that God revealed things that eventually, you know, uh, revealed things about His plan regarding the particular situation. In 1997, in 1997, in the nation of Nigeria the head of state then a military ruler had arrested his deputy and a few other top major generals and other officers accusing them of planning a coup against his government it was very bad tension was all over the nation because everybody was so sure they eventually they were going to be executed majority of those who were arrested were from a particular part of the country of Nigeria i remember we were praying and then god showed me i saw that i saw a group of young boys in uniform like a school uniform and they were climbing a mountain while they were climbing suddenly a lion appeared from nowhere And the lion jumped on them. And in the dream, I was like, wow, this lion will kill and destroy all these young people. When suddenly the dream, the vision turned around and I saw them safely in a particular place. Somehow they've been saved from the onslaught of that terrible lion that was about to devour them. And I came out of the revelation and the Lord said, did you notice that those men, those, they were in uniform. I said, yes, the vision talking about people who had just been arrested as a result of the coup, and that looking as if they would be killed, but they would be saved and be delivered from the onslaught of that particular head of state, that particular man. Later I saw in scriptures in Proverbs 28 that like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler on the people. I'll repeat, like a roaring lion and a charging bear, so wicked ruler on the people. You know, God revealed to avert, God revealed to encourage those of us who were praying. And exactly what He revealed came to pass. You know, just the night when they were going to execute them, when Government were going to come in and kill off all those military rulers. Something happened and this particular head of state was taken out himself. That was 1997. I was still in Nigeria then. 2015, I will say this, 2015, it was the election, federal election in Nigeria. And, you know, the president head of state or the president president was campaigning. He had become so popular. The entire nation was supporting him. In fact, they turned February to February because his last name is, uh, is Buhari. And they now said, instead of February, no, this is February because we love him. We've embraced him. We are tired of corruption. This is the man that will come and save us. This is the man. And to be honest with you, I also supported him. I wanted him to win until the night of February that particular day in February, I think it must have been February 15 or there about, 2015, I woke up at 2 a.m., woke up at 2 a.m., and suddenly it dawned on me that, wait a minute, this person that everybody has been supporting, we did not even ask you, Lord, that what you have to say is this man, President, Muhammad Buhari, The the one that you have sent. To save this nation. And God said no. I said what? He said no. Even though the entire nation. Has embraced him. Even though the entire nation. Supporting him. That stopped me. and And everybody. Supporting him. I said but Lord. Then what is the solution. To the problem of the nation. What is the solution. And he said the solution. So the problem of Nigeria is to restructure the nation. That when you restructure, there will be a turnaround. When you restructure, there will be a change. I stand here. If you're listening to me, if you're Nigerian, if you know people back. In fact, I travel to Nigeria, and I remember I met Dr. Tunde Bakari, and I shared this revelation with him. And there was a top politician who was with him there, and the man said wait a minute, I think uh, you know, we need to hear more about this. I share this with him, that this is what God has just shown me. That was in March, April of 2015. This man went ahead and won the election. The rest is history. You know where the nation is. You know what has happened. God spoke in 2015 that the solution to the problem is not what? The man but to restructure go and restructure the nation and the nation will walk out of the woods go and restructure the solution to the problem of every nation is with is in heaven when you are able to access God will show you the path to take the, pa- the pattern to what to apply what step to take what to do so the situation can be reversed the church and the state are not enemies they are supposed to be working together the church accessing heaven and the state implementing the pattern that God has been showing them. But the challenge is this. Even those who are supposed to be accessing heaven in the church are accessing nothing. They are not seeing anything. They are not hearing anything. They don't know anything. And if you don't know, how do you change? How do you instruct? How do you tell them, don't do it this way? How do you tell them, don't take this particular decision? God, That's why God is calling the church back to our place. To take our place before him. So that we can start to influence our nation and change the nations and transform nations to the glory of his name in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go back to this story. And one of his servants, then verse number 12. So he said, and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that he speak in your bedroom. Verse 13. So he said, go and see where he is. Then may send and get him. And he was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. 14. Therefore he sent horses and chariots. And a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. They came with chariots. With army. They surrounded the city of Dothan. Where Elisha was. 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early. And went out there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Because the city has been surrounded. The city, as far as the servant of the man of God, Gehazi, was concerned, they were already, what? Meat in the hand of the king of Syria. Because the entire city was surrounded. But here, Elisha. Hello, here, Elisha. So his answer, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are within. Verse number 17. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his word eyes that he may see. Was he blind before? No, but there were some eyes that he had that was not employed. The eyes of his inner man. Open his eyes that he may see. And the eye then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of what? Horses and chariots of fire all around what Elisha. So this uh, all around Elisha. Praise God. In the natural, the Syrians were gathered in the mountains. They surrounded the city. In the spirit, the host of heaven. Well, after they've surrounded the Syrians. I'll repeat. In the natural, Gehazi only saw in the natural. I said, wait a minute. Oh, they've come. They've surrounded the city. They're taking over. They will soon arrest us. But Elisha said, can I say something here? Did you notice that Elisha, there was no vision that he saw there? Elisha didn't see any vision there. Elisha didn't say, God just revealed some things to me. Then why did he speak the way he spoke? Because he knew the God he was serving. That if God be for us, who can be against us? He knew he was confident in his God. Are you confident in your God? Are you confident that your God is able to deliver you? Are you confident that your God can do what he says he will do? Are you confident that your God will fulfill his promise to you? Or are you waiting until you see manifestation? So you say, praise the name of the Lord." God has done it. Then there's no faith in that. There's no believing in that. Because believing comes before what? Before manifestation. Those who believe experience it. If you refuse to believe, say, no, I'm not going to believe until I see. Then how can you now call yourself a believer? you have become an unbelieving believer. And there's nothing like that. Amen. Praise God. So I want to share with you. It's called Principles Governing Warfare. Principles Governing Warfare. Or our Rules of Engagement. When you want to engage in this spiritual warfare, what are the principles? What are the rules? The first thing is this, and these. The first thing is this, do not fear. I'll repeat, do not fear. Fear is not from God. Fear is not from God. Let's go to verse 16. So he answered, do not what? Fear. Now say to yourself, I will not fear. Then said to your neighbor, do not fear. So he answered, do not fear. Fear is not from God. You know what fear is? False. What? Experiences. Appearing what? Real. I'll repeat, false. Experiences. Appearing real. Did you notice that the man of God also saw what the servant saw? But their response was what? difference because the serpent was only seen in the natural but the man of God was seen beyond the natural because he knew that there's a realm beyond the physical and that that in that realm his God is the one that is in charge of that realm do not fear let me let me show you um, Deuteronomy 20 This is God speaking to Israel. Giving them. It's called principles governing warfare. Speaking to Israel. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1. When you go out to battle against your enemies. And see horses. And what? Chariots. And people more what? Do not what? Isn't this the word that Elisha followed? Hmm? Can you see? When you go out to battle against your enemies and you see what? Horses. And you see what again? Chariots. And people more numerous than you do not be afraid of them. When you are facing situations that looks like a huge mountain do not be afraid of it. When you seem to be confronted by circumstances that like it looks to if Nothing is working. And look at what, and, and, and things are happening apparently beyond your control. Do not be afraid. Don't ever forget this. That when you are confronted with people, situations, challenges far, far bigger than you, remember the Lord your God. Remember what God has promised you. Remember these testimonies in your life take your eyes away from the situation and focus on promise. I say take your eyes away because the more you look at the challenges, the more you look at your finances, the more you look at the situation, the more you look at the problem, the bigger they seem to take. They take on more life. But the moment you switch to promise, you find out that that thing will start to shrivel. It will start to wither and to weaken. So when you go out, do not be afraid. Amen. I hope somebody listening to me. I say, fear not. I say again, fear not. Don't, ah, oh, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. I may not know, to be honest with you. I may not know what you're going through. But does God know? Is God bigger than that situation? As God promised that he would never leave you, he would never forsake you, as he said that he would not abandon you, sometimes, you know, we, 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 we think and we behave as if he just dropped us on the earth and say, okay, you struggle with this, Satan. Eventually, when you are through, I will see you in heaven. I'm going to heaven. I want to go and sit on my throne and just enjoy myself. You'll be struggling here. Would that be what God, Jesus, did for us? When he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. When he said, if God be for you, who can be against you? When he said, the greater one lives inside of you, the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When he said that, at the mention of my name, every knee shall bow, of things in heaven, of things on earth, of things underneath the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ Is Lord, to the glory of God, the Father. Oh, He didn't abandon you when He gave you His name. He has not abandoned you when He gave you His word. He has not abandoned you. Remember His promises. When I remember His promises, I shout, Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. I say, do not what? Be afraid. Oh, how about the report I just got? Do not what be afraid. Oh, how about the situation that is happening now? Do you not know what? Be afraid. All you need to do is to take the matter to the one who sits on the throne. The one who sits on the throne. Hallelujah. To him from whom all blessings flow. Hallelujah. Take the matter to him. Read the situation to him and remind him of his promises. And angels will be dispatched from heaven. Remember last week. Angels will be dispatched to start to work with you and work concerning the situation. Amen. So the first thing is what? Do not what? Fear. Amen. The moment fear is gone, the moment you've been able to take care of fear, 50% of the problem is solved. I'll repeat: the moment you are able to say no to fear, majority of the problem is solved. The challenge is because of the moment fear grips hearts, then the door is open to all manners of things. Number two. Number two. Learn to escalate things to the realm of the spirit. If you keep things in the natural, Satan will defeat you. If you are confronting him just based on the physical, Satan will whip you. But when you learn to escalate things to the realm of the Spirit, you will defeat Him. When you take Him to the realm of God's Word, you will defeat Him. When you engage with the Holy Spirit to face the situation, you will defeat that situation. Now, how do we do that? Romans chapter number 8. This is one of the best scriptures that I've learned. In my years of working with the Lord, it's blessed me. I've read this again and again and again and again, and it's never ceased to bless me. And continually, new insight. God is giving me new insight, new revelation. And I'm so glad to welcome you. Oh, again, to this exposition, oh, through the Holy Spirit and the hand of Of the apostle Paul, Romans 8:26, from verse number 26. He said, Likewise, the spirit also helps in our what? In our weaknesses. Who is it that does not have a weakness? If you don't, can you put your hands up? I doubt it. And if anyone should, then I'll need to bind that lying spirit in Jesus' name and lose you from it and his effect in the name of Jesus. So likewise the spirit also what? Helps in our what? Weaknesses. Look at it. Likewise the spirit. The spirit is capital S. Meaning not your spirit but the Holy Spirit. Also what? Helps in our what? Weaknesses. King James says helps in our infirmities. The word help there is the word One, to take a stand. Two, together with. Three, against. I'll repeat, to take a stand together with the Holy Spirit against your weaknesses. Meaning that you are not without help. You are not without support. You are not without assistance. So likewise, the Spirit, Comes to take what hold together with you against your what? weaknesses. Then I say, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. The major weakness are the things we don't know. We don't know why is COVID 19 a huge terror? Because governments, medical field, yet do not know what know the solution to this devastating, horrible sickness and disease. But can I tell you, does God know? Of course he does. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what do I do about this situation? What do I do about this problem? What do I do about this challenge? That is the area. Likewise, the Spirit has been sent to help you. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be, what? Altered. How does he help? Verse 27. And the Bible says, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit is. He will start to search your heart. Amen. Search your heart, knowing that these are the desires of your heart. Desires of your heart. And then He also is searching the mind of the spirit. The mind of the spirit is the mind of Jesus. The mind of Jesus is the mind of God. The God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they work in consonance. They are one. That's why they are called what? Trinity. You know, Trinity. They work together. They stand together. So the Holy Spirit will not start to what? Find out. Search out. The mind of God regarding the matter. The solution regarding the matter. And you will now start to download that solution to your heart. So instead of you remaining ignorant, you now know what to do. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because he make, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Then 28, and what? We know, I can hear you. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. People have said this and they've quoted the scripture many times. When something's happened, don't worry, all things will work together for good. That is not true. All things will not work together for good unless you start to engage with the Holy Spirit. You start to pray in the Spirit. You start to use the word of God. You start to use the blood of Jesus. You start to use the promises given to you. Without you doing that, nothing will work together for good. But when you start to pray, Oh yes, you don't feel like praying, but the Holy Spirit is there to help you. You invite you, come and help me, Holy Spirit. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And you know what? You will now start to search your hearts and start to start the mind of God the mind of the Father and start to download into your heart what is in the mind of God, the solution to the problem. Suddenly, as I start to act on what has been downloaded to you, then all things will start to work together for good. Because you what? You love God and you are called according to his purpose. But look at verse 26. Quickly, look at 26. 26 says what? Quickly. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in Our weaknesses, not just my weaknesses. Our weaknesses, meaning that when we start to pray together corporately, because sometimes that's why corporate praying is so powerful one which is a thousand, two which is ten thousand. When we start to pray, we are all at different levels of strength. God will now start to take the strength from yours to handle the weakness in my life, take the strength from my life. To handle the weakness in your life. And at the end of the day, you know what happens? The solution for you, the solution for me. And everybody is excited. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know. Now go to verse 29. 29 now says, let's go to 29. It says for whom he foreknew, he also what? Predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn. Amongst many brethren. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Oh, yes. In this he what he called. And whom he called, this he justified. Whom he justified? This he also glorified. I prophesy over you. According to this word, the challenges you are going through, whatever situation you are facing, destination is glory. I say destination is glory. He said, moreover, whom he did what? Predestinate. This he called. And whom he called? This he what? justified, And whom he justified? This he what? glorified. He has not called you to be shamefied. If there's any word like that, is there a word like that? Those of us who are English gurus, I don't know. But all I know is this, he has not called you to put you to shame. I say he has not called you to put you to shame. He said, those who trust in the Lord shall not be put to shame. Amen. Now verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Ah, some people will say nobody. What then shall we say? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not withhold his own son. But what? But gave him up for us. We Will he not together with him freely give us all things? He did not spare his own son, but he delivered him for us. Will he not together freely what? give us all things? Who is he who will bring a charge against God is there? Oh, it is God who justifies? No, it is not ready to, he's not in the business of condemning you. It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Is it Christ who died and rose again? and is now ever seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall war, tribulation, or distress? Shall war, persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Oh, as it is written, we are killed all day. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. I, I remember many, many years ago, when we used to go to the Abateo, and we want to go and maybe you, you want to kill a particular sheep, a particular goat, a particular cow. And they take you. They say, which one do you want? And you're pointing to a fat one. Sometimes Satan does like that. He said, that's the man I want to get. That's one I'm going to. That's one I'm going against. That's one I want to pick. But do you know what? As he's pointing his finger. Oh, oh, the Bible says, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But the Bible says, nay. Nee. Everybody said, nay. Nay. Everybody said, nay. Nee. <laughs> nee. Everybody say, nay, nay, in all these things, we are more than conqueror through Christ who has loved us. I want to invite you. I want to challenge you. I want to say from today, start to pray more in the Holy Spirit. You know one thing about praying in the Holy Spirit? You bypass Satan and his cohorts because he does not understand the language of the Spirit. He doesn't understand the language of praying in the Holy Spirit. And that is why also praying in spirit has been fought by many. Especially instigated by Satan. To say, don't do it. It's not from God. You can't do it. You start to pray. You bypass him. He's not hearing you. He doesn't know what you're saying. You are contacting heaven. You are having access to heaven. You are discussing with your father. You are exchanging information. You are exchanging information. And he's saying, what are they saying? What, What is he saying? What is he saying? You are bypassing. Amen. You are, are, are putting him aside. You, are, you are, they, they are directly speaking to your Father. They are directly speaking to Jesus. They are directly interacting with the Holy Spirit. And their solutions is being downloaded. And their things to do is being downloaded. You I know, say, wow, I never thought like that. I never thought like that. Why? Because you are more than conqueror through Christ who oh, loved us. We are more than conqueror overcomers in this land. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to take, get ready your bread and your wine. Today is communion. I don't have time. And maybe next Sunday I'll be going to offering as a warfare. Because offering is warfare. And he told me to teach you so that you can break free completely from that limitation and the plan of the enemy. And I'll continue offering. The warfare of offering next Sunday. What does that mean? You stay tuned. What, what exactly is pastor talking about? you stay stating. But today, we've been made more than conquerors. Overcomers in this land. We've been made victorious. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. I want all of you to rise up. Wherever you are. And the first thing we're going to do, I want you to rededicate your heart to the Lord Jesus. Rededicate your heart to the Lord Jesus. Consecrate yourself to him. Consecrate yourself to him. I can tell you again, this day, God is rewriting your story in the name of Jesus. Rewriting your story. As you start to pray in the Holy Spirit more. And as you start to pray and assess heaven and you are not afraid. Don't be afraid. God spoke to us earlier. Don't be afraid. Start to pray in the Spirit. Engage with the Spirit. Start to pray in the name of And don't pray as a word. Oh yes. And some people, say, oh, ba, 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 ba. no, no, no. It's just a matter. It's not just saying, oh, no. No. You are praying. You are focused. You are focused. You're standing before Him in adoration. You're standing before Him. If there's anything to say, Lord, forgive me, if there's anything I've done that may hinder me from receiving maximally from you, you're ready to confess. You are going before Him in thanksgiving, you are going before Him in supplication. Did you notice the four things I mentioned? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. You are going before Him. It's called Acts. No wonder the prayers in the book of Acts were so powerful. Acts. No wonder they were so powerful. Let's go before Him. Rededicate your heart to Him. Rededicate all heads bowed and ask Him to come into your heart. As you rededicate really dedicate your life to Him this morning in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, In the day He was betrayed, He took bread, take your bread, took bread, and He broke it. And He said, This is my body, which was broken for you, do this. In remembrance of me. Lord your body was broken. Why did not remain broken? It was made whole again. I pray in the name of Jesus. Any area of the lives of your people that have been broken. Dear Lord Jesus. Come and make it whole again. In the name of Jesus. Healing is the children's bread. And if there's any sickness in your body in any area, you lay hands on the place. Because as you partake of this bread, the power of God will heal that place. And you will be made whole again. Let me say this. Take this. This is the word from heaven. God is rewriting your story. In the name of Jesus. Somebody said, I'm doing well. You may choose to remain where you are, but I'm going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. God is rewriting my story. He's giving me a new story. He's giving me a new story. Taking me to another level that I shall partake of this bread, Father. Let your power heat bodies. Let your power heat lives. Let heaven invade circumstances. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for this. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now take the wine. Take the wine. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. That as a partake of the wine, as a partake of the wine, Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the life of the flesh is in the blood. The blood was shed to give us victory in every area of our lives. Thank you for total victory. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this service once again. Thank you so much, O Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because they are walking. we are living, Lord, completely brand new. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for testimonies that will follow. Thank you because heaven has invaded the earth. Thank you because fear has been driven out of our hearts. And thank you for healings. Thank you for turnarounds. Thank you for new stories. Thank you for new stories. Thank you so much, oh Lord, for restoration. This is a year of harvest for your people. We are imagining infinitely better than when this thing started. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Receive our praise and glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord watch over you. I will see you next Sunday when I start to look at the warfare of offering or offering as warfare. Amen. Praise God.